Welcome to the Leela Perspective. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leela Perspective. It's Leela. On today's episode, I have a very lovely guest for you guys. I have my cousin, Amanda Seals, and not to be mistaken for the Amanda Seals from The View because my cousin is much more cooler. Everyone, <laughs> welcome, Amanda. Hi. I mean, not to say that I'm the coolest person ever, but I think I can say I'm cooler than the other Amanda Seals. <laughs> you are so much cooler, <laughs> at least from what I've seen for, from her anyway. So, so how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How's it going over there in your world? I mean, I'm a little stir crazy, but I'm making it. Try to get oh some fresh air and stuff. It's, yes. It's a lot. How are you? It's a whole lot. I <laughs> I'm also going hella crazy. And just with all of the current events and everything that's happening, it's like it's something new almost every other day. And so I'm waiting for I'm waiting for things to die down a little, right? Um, there has to be some kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause right now I'm just stuck in the damn tunnel. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I'm always looking for like what what pieces of good news. What pieces of positivity can I take from this? I've been doing yes. okay with like taking okay. away positive things from this. So okay. yeah, that's the best okay. that can be said. <laughs> that's the best that you can do really I mean, at a time like now. When you're given lemons, you know? Yes. When you're given lemons, you make lemonade and you spike that bitch. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Don't forget the alcohol. <laughs> Please and thank you. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So on today's episode, I want to talk about a very interesting topic here in this country. And I'm only focusing on this country because that's where we live. Um, but it's a very, very interesting topic. And I appreciate you for joining in on this discussion. We are going to talk about being brown in America. I'm excited. <laughs> so excited. So the first question that I want to ask, because I've been asked this question before, um, how do you identify African American, Black, or Negro? <laughs> oh, my. oh my goodness. If someone calls me Negro, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> okay, we're going to check that off the list. <laughs> Um, I usually go by African-American. I mean, Black, for me, it encompasses everyone. So when I'm talking about the struggle, I think I prefer to say Black, because that includes whatever, wherever your people came from. That it may not be directly mm. from Africa. They may have had some stop points yeah. and some other, you know, islands or something. So when I'm talking about the experiences of, like, the people that I identify with, I think that's Black for me. But me personally, okay. I'm African-American. Okay. So you know what? I have a problem with the term African-American. Okay. Let's hear it. I have a problem with a lot of things, but that's one of the things that I have a problem with because, so let's be a little transparent, right? So I really don't know where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. I don't know who I am outside of the ancestors that I know you know, my grandparents or my great grandparents or, you know, anyone past that. I don't know where I'm from. So to identify me as an African American, I don't know. I don't agree with that 100%. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not African because 
you can look at me and tell. Right. <laughs> but I just don't like the terminology. That's where my struggle is. My struggle is with the fact that I'm not solely African. And that bothers me because I know the American people uh, only comes in from race, if we're being honest. So you don't think the African comes in with race? It's more of the American. No, I said with rape. I am only American. Oh, with rape. Yeah, trauma. Oh. Trauma is the only thing that makes me American. So if I have an issue, it's with that part. I know I'm African. Huh. My skin can tell you I have African in me. I can't deny that. So I don't know. Maybe my, my, my thoughts are a little controversial on that. No, please. I enjoy that because I am I love the direction that you're going with that. Um, so it goes much deeper than just the terminology itself. It's the lineage and how I guess our people ended up in this country in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Even just saying African American mm-hmm. tells a story in itself. My skin shows you that I'm black, so how am I also American? Uh, you don't even want me to give like let's not get started on how I became American, you know? <laughs> I had no choice. My ancestors (laughs) had no choice. If it were up to me, I would be, you know, kicking it in Ghana. (laughs) In Ghana. So that's the, that's the country of choice. (laughs) I actually think I'm mainly Nigerian. My dad did one of those ancestry things. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I at least know what half of me is. And it was primarily Nigerian, I believe. You know what's so interesting What's interesting is that you, so your parents are fair skinned, Mm -hmm. both of them are, and you came out to be the most beautiful chocolate drop (laughs) (laughs) ever. And so it's so interesting how genes work, right? Because sometimes you expect, you know, maybe a darker skinned person and a fair skinned person, they'll mix and maybe you'll get dark, maybe you'll get light. But for you, it was two fair-skinned individuals, and then they produced you. That's so interesting. It is interesting, and it's something that I noticed my whole life. And even if I didn't Mm -hmm. notice it, people made sure I did. It was always like, oh, and then they got the chocolate baby. And, you know, there was no negative words used, but I don't know. I felt patronized in a way. Like, just... just, Hmm. Hearing the way people spoke about my skin tone and the way people gave me compliments, it became clear that there was something different about me than the rest of my family, as if I was the exception to the rule. Like, typically, this skin color is associated with negative things. But in your case, it's positive. Which, which makes you like, you know, the rare, the rare gem or something. But I don't want to be a rare gem. And I mean, now I'm coming to terms with like things that are anti-Black. And I think about what was handed down to us generations ago. My great grandmother, who just passed away last year, she would always talk negatively about darker skin. And I know for 100% certain she had no negative feelings towards me or anyone who had a darker skin complexion. But she grew up with that instilled in her for decades. Yeah. You know, you don't just, you don't just yeah. steer away from that. She truly believed that there was something more positive about her skin than my skin. That is so, you know, what's so interesting about that. So my mom growing up, since I had the darker complexion of her children, right. 
I used to think that this lady hated my guts, mm-hmm. right? I used to think that this lady just wanted to make everything harder for me. I had to work harder. I had to speak better. I had to be a little more poised. You know, she would be harder on me when I made a mistake. Um, She would chastise me a little differently from them. And I never understood that. I really thought this lady hated me. Um, And so a few years ago, when we had a conversation, she just reminded me the things that she used to say when I was younger, because, you know, sometimes when you're younger, you don't remember every conversation. But like when we started talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, I remember you saying that, you know, since you're darker, you're going to have to work harder. Since you're darker, you're going to have um, different situations. And, you know, since you're darker, people are going to look at you differently and you have to prove yourself 10 times over more than anyone that looks different from you or that's lighter than you. And I never understood that because I'm like, mom, just because you had that experience doesn't mean that's going to be mine. But in turn, it has been my experience. Yeah. It has been my experience because being darker in this country is not always a positive attribute. And so I really, really thought that my mom was batshit crazy, but she wasn't. She wasn't because my life was so freaking hard and I had to work so much harder and I still do, which is so crazy. And it's interesting, the perspective that you gave of, you know, your grandma And it's like, that is the mentality of the country that we live in. And so do you think it is the mentality of those who have come from the Southern countries or the Southern states in the country? Or do you think it's just the country as a whole? It's the country as a whole. One thing I've learned Mm -hmm. as I've become an adult is that there is no, the North is liberal and the South is conservative and racist. That has been shattered for me. I think the the only difference is about transparency. Living in the North Uh and being older and understanding what people mean when they say certain words, really learning about language and how, you know, people are masters of crafting their words in a certain way. And I see that more so in the North. I went to school in Missouri and things were more blatant there. I saw a lot more Confederate flags. You know, like, it was just more Uh in your face. And you lived in Florida, so I'm sure you know the... Yes, it was same. Oh, it was actually terrible. I got called the N-word so many times yes. as if it was instilled in their language. We lived by this guy. His name was Bubba. He died of cancer, but he was the coolest white guy ever. But I remember him saying, you know, like, I don't like black people, but you guys are all right. And I heard that all black people like Tootsie Rolls. So that's why I always buy the Tootsie Rolls when I know that you guys are, you know, going to be in the area. And I was like, if that ain't the most racist Baby, shit you can see this eye roll, like. <laughs> it's her eye roll, honey. Like the, the, just the boldness when I lived in Florida of not even hiding that shit. It's just like, you know what? I am who I am and you are who you are and you just have and to take really it. And what's really disgusting is if you had shared your thoughts on what he was saying, it would have been as if you were ungrateful for the gratitude that he was offering yes! you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, I can't. But, <laughs> but all that to say in the North, I don't think people are less discriminatory or racist or anything like that Mm -hmm. I think that they're more discreet maybe even more intelligent I don't know but it's not as visible but I know it's here I would agree with that I definitely would agree with that I know it's here based on you know job opportunities and things Mm -hmm. conversations I have with people I thought were friends Um, even just sitting in my 
in-stage master's level class with my peers who were talking about like, yeah, I don't want to apply for the schools in Maywood. Like, oh my goodness, I'll get jumped in a parking lot or something. And I'm like, <laughs> you graduated. <laughs> You're supposed to go out and change the world. But God forbid the world looks melanated. Because then what are you going <laughs> to God do? forbid. God forbid. Oh my like, goodness. These are the best of the best. I just... And this is what we have? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was disgusted. It's terrible. But you know what? I didn't say anything, though. And I battle with that all the time. When do you say something? I battle it's with so that tough because you don't want to, like, show yourself or be perceived as this angry Black woman because we know the history behind that. But sometimes you're yep. angry. Like, sometimes I am an angry Black woman. Mm-hmm. Because you right. pissed me off. And I have but every no right to be. I would say... Exactly. I would say I used to struggle with that more when I was younger. Um, I still struggle with it now because it just depends on where it comes from. But a lot of times what I would do now is I would address things, you know, Um, like, for example, I'll give you a great example. I will not give any names, any titles, any locations, because I am not throwing anyone under Mm -hmm. the bus. But there was a previous uh, manager of mine. who made a joke. I'm already not. Um, comparing. Uh-huh. Yeah, because the shit is not funny. She compared us working as hard as we did. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. She compared it to a plantation, right? And so I remember sitting in a room because most of the time I am the only one that looks like me in a room. I am the only one that looks like me in a room. And I used to be uncomfortable with that. But now I'm like, bring it on so that I can bring more people that looks like me into this exact room. Um, But I remember her making that joke. And I'm looking around the room and everybody like, key, 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 key. And then there were a couple of, you know, conscious uh, people who didn't look like me that looked at me. (laughs) And that made me even more uncomfortable because there's a group of people who think the shit is funny and don't think that what they're saying is wrong. Then there's the other group who knows that it's wrong, but won't speak up. But they look at me as if, well, it's discriminatory towards you. So you should say something. I was so uncomfortable. And so the next thing that I did in that meeting, in that meeting, I said, I'm going to have to excuse myself from this meeting. Um, I'll just gather notes afterwards. And that's all I did. I got up, I left. I was not going to sit there and be a part of that. And so immediately when I left that meeting, I went directly to HR. And I said, and I said, I am uncomfortable. But here is what was said. I am uncomfortable. And what are you guys going to do about this? Now, every situation doesn't cause for, you know, HR. Sometimes you got to really address them. But then, like you said, you come off as, overly sensitive you come off as hostile you come off as you know everything is not about race but it is because if you looked like me you would know that every damn thing is about race you Mm -hmm. can't get past it you know what I'm saying and so sometimes you address it sometimes you don't I pick and choose my battles most of the time you know I might not say something but if I really 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 feel like I'm uncomfortable I would definitely say something but here's my question 100%. 100%. Is it my job to educate everyone around me? It is not. And is that is a not. fair burden? And that is so that unfortunate. Is literally the weight of generations on my back. 
as if it's not already hard enough to succeed as any person. You give me the label of a woman, yeah. of a black woman, and then I have to carry my ancestors and everything that's ever hurt me on my back into every meeting to educate the masses, yep. people who aren't even willing to learn. Like sometimes, it's yeah, exhausting. sometimes it just feels physically heavy. Uh-huh. And sometimes you don't have the energy. Like some days I just literally cannot, like I'm not fighting this battle today. Yeah. And that may make me look weaker or whatever to the rest of the culture. But no, it's like, my it goodness, I don't always have it in me. It you know, doesn't. like sometimes I just want to be an educated woman in this room. Sometimes I don't want to carry those labels, but they're they're there. And I'm proud of them. Don't get me wrong. I'm very proud yeah. of them. But they're. Yes, they are. So if I cry at any point, <laughs> it's because I feel like I feel it so, so, so deep because I feel this all the time. And especially and especially, you know, being dark and then, you know, don't let me wear my natural Girl. hair, um, you know, <laughs> don't let me be myself. You know, it's just it just it makes it makes me so uncomfortable sometimes. And like you said, that burden is so damn heavy. And why do we have to carry that around? And I agree 100% because it is not your job to educate the masses. But then the question is, if you don't, who will? I know. And that's a tough question. But it's one I, I can't always it's answer It's so tough. That. Sometimes I, I can't answer that. It's like I, I take on for the day what I can take on that day. And tomorrow I may be able to take on so much more or so much less. But for today, I'm only going to do what I can do today. And that's what's important. That's my reality. Some days I have the energy and I'm like, I got time today, sis. I'm going to reach you your rights today, (laughs) sis. And some some days I'm not. Some days I don't have that. When I have it, I'm going to give it to you. Please believe that. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that 100%. Um, 100%. It seems interesting too. Um, so now, so what I, so you know that I have my two children and it's bad enough I am brown in America, dark in America, African in America. Um, but now I'm raising two boys. And then I try my best not to overexert, you know, my emotions or my perspectives on them, but I also don't want to shield them. Now they are not, you know, there's, you know, that's kind of fair skin. So it'll be better, but it's still going to be terrible for them as well. And so it's a struggle of that I have every day of, you know, the education of people versus not educating them, you know, versus teaching my kids about how they should be or how they should respond to things. And not just, you know, like at the workplace, um, on the street, at the store, you know, it's so many things and it makes me so freaking uncomfortable. What's, I don't even know the words use, but the reality is we're not talking about a parental preference. We are literally talking about life or death. 
We're talking about a parental requirement yeah. at this point. We're not talking about it is do life I want to teach my children, you know, that boys can wear pink. No, we're talking about survival. Yeah. And like we shouldn't have we shouldn't be burdened with these things. Like I shouldn't have to wonder that. I shouldn't have to wonder if I want to bring black babies into a world that'll hate them. Like what? I shouldn't have to yeah. wonder that. I'm 25. I should be excited to have children and to know that I will give them mm-hmm. love and the world may not always love them, but they'll be okay. But the reality is I can't promise that. No. Girl, it's a messed up world. It makes it makes me so uncomfortable. Here we go. So you're going to have me crying. And that's crazy. <laughs> okay, because you are speaking we to need my something soul. Lighthearted. One of the hardest we do we do but one of the hardest one of the hardest things for me is really sending my boys out there I am petrified I'm petrified and not only that you know my boys but then one of them has autism and he doesn't always get he doesn't always pick up on those social cues he doesn't always pick up on things and so he's black and autistic so it's like goddamn (laughs) (laughs) is this a sick joke you know and I know that we're not supposed to question, you know, from a religious aspect, like, why God? But sometimes I ask that question, like, why did I have to be born this color Mm -hmm. in this country? Like, what is it that I am supposed to learn or I am supposed to give to the world that is so important that this is how he made me and this is where he made me to live? For we now, need, anyway. this needed to yeah. be a video because my facial expressions. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> this needed to be a video. One hundred percent. So they could see me oh with the goodness. ugly cry face. It's ugly. It's ugly. Hair and attire, child. I, I take all that back. <laughs> Maybe you could put okay. like emojis to show my reactions or something. I don't know. <laughs> let's. So let's talk about. I guess. Some of, let's talk about some of the beauties and some of the great things about being brown in America, about being a brown-skinned girl, woman, whatever, in this country, or mm-hmm, fuck the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just talk about mm-hmm. us as a person or us as a people and just what makes you excited about waking up in your skin Oh my each goodness. Day? Okay, the first thing that came to mind, and I guess it doesn't exactly align with the last part, you said waking up in your skin. Well, I guess it does. I wouldn't have my hair if it weren't my skin. Mm-hmm. So now that I am really embracing my natural hair, my kinks, like yes. when I have a good hair day, I am ready mm-hmm. to take on the world. I'm like, my curls are popping, okay? Like in those moments, <laughs> yes. I am not insecure. I could walk into any room with my big fro and I would feel fine. I know this hair does not yes. get better than what it is on that specific day. And I'm confident in that. I don't care if you don't <laughs> understand why my hair grows upward, why it kinks and why I have to, you know, fluff out my afro to get it in the perfect circle. Cause baby, I am giving you life. Yes. And honey, that is my yes. favorite part. Cause I didn't have that for so long. I wanted a relaxer. I wanted braids. Yes. I wanted something other than what I had. Like, give me anything. 
But now I'm like, yes. honey, I'm giving you life. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I'm giving you. <laughs> you just did inside because I'm giving you life, honey. That's my favorite part. <laughs> it is so interesting. Yes. <laughs> it's so interesting that you said that because I have been the same way for a very long time. And the only reason I am as natural as I am because I started I wanted to be committed to growing my hair. And so uh, the stylist that I would go to periodically, she would always say, you got to stop putting this crap on it. You know, stop relaxing it. Stop doing all of that so your hair can grow and be healthy and full. And she said, you don't even know what your real hair mm-hmm. looks like. And I was like, I don't know what my real hair looked like. It's growing out my hair. She was like, no, it is. That is not your real hair because it is relaxed, it is straightened, it is blow dried, it is all kind of things, and you don't even know what it looks like. So how do you know you don't like it? And so, you know, now being in quarantine and I can't mm-hmm. see her, I can't get a blow dryer. I miss her so much. And so now I found myself like twisting my hair, doing my hair all kind of ways. And there is this very, very pretty curl that is popping so hard all over my head so and, and I'm just like begging what? for love for this my hair it's been begging yeah. for me to love it <laughs> yes and it is so beautiful and I have I never in a million years thought that I would embrace my natural hair but I am in love with her I need to give her a special name, honey, because she got a mm. life of her own. I'm going to have to think of it. What, you got to help me with a name. She is just, I need a name, too. She's popping. My hair doesn't even have yes. a name. Yes. I'm going to get on that. Name, baby. But you know what? The favorite, <laughs> another thing, like as you were talking about, like all the, everything you put in your hair, natural hair allows you to be a mm-hmm. little more neglectful, I would say. It is sturdy. It is so yeah. sturdy. I can put it all yeah. the end yeah. control and die. And baby, my hair is like, sis, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not falling now. Yes. I'm not doing all that craziness. Like, it's like, I it can yes. take a beating. Our natural yes. hair is the embodiment of a black woman. It can take it all. <sighs> And it's not fun. Let me not romanticize that. Yes. It is not fun. The burden is are not light. <laughs> but we are durable. <laughs> At all. My hair is durable. Before I speak, yes, you already are. know I, I, I am what my hair is. This shows you that I'm powerful. This yes. shows you don't try me. Yes. Maybe, yes. maybe it doesn't show people that. That's what I think it shows people that. You want some, come get some. You, but you know what? It does because it's in your head. Yep. It's in your mind. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. And you are what you think. You are yep. what you believe. So, yes. Yes, Queen. Your pool, okay? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Period. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I guess the next thing or next question is how can we because at this point we are figuring out how to deal with it right um I can give you some pointers hell you could give me some um but I feel like what needs to happen is 
the education of our young mm-hmm. sisters, our young women, um, and not starting, you know, when they hit like teenage years, you know, hitting them before that and really, really, really trying to educate them. And I guess my question is, how do we help others become successful brown skin girls in this wretched ass country? Yeah, mentorship. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing mentorship. I can say. I don't think there's a certain curriculum or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, like sometimes they just need to see it. There's so many people who didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, specifically take me under their wing. Like, hey, come watch me. But I was watching, you know, you learn things. You see what you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like. You know, I was actually just talking to my mom about you yesterday. Yeah. What you say? Was Was it good good or bad? I I don't know how much you want me to share. But I mean, I'm already talking, so it's coming out. So my just mom go. was talking just go. about how she didn't see better when she was younger, but she knew there had to be more. She's like, I don't know what that looks mm-hmm. like, but I know this isn't this isn't my full capacity. I know I have to have more. And um, mm-hmm. she did end up having a friend yep. who came from a two parent household. You know, they had a nice house. They sat down for dinner and she was like, my blood, like, are y'all really doing this on the west side of Chicago? Like, I didn't know this was feasible. (laughs) I knew I wanted more. Now I see it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the same thing with mentorship. You teach black babies to love their black skin by showing them that it has, you know, everything that you could ever need. It has power. It has confidence. Like, everything that you need is built. Like, we have generations of this. We're not new to this. We're true to this. Like. Hello. Yeah. I think mentorship (laughs) is really the key to showing black babies that, like, yeah, you got this. And it's not gonna be easy. That's okay though. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, when I said I was talking about you. (laughs) So I brought you up. Yeah, you was like, girl. But that's what I was waiting on. (laughs) No. But I remember you saying that before. Or maybe Tamri told me that you said that. I don't know. Things run together. But she was saying that. You knew, like, I have to it's have fine. more than this. I'm going to get a degree because I uh-huh. need more for my life. Not because of what who said, they said, whatever, who's yeah. around me. I know that I have to push myself further. And you got to want it. But if you don't see it, how yep. do, you know, they still got to see it to really know exactly what they're striving for. Yeah. They still got to see it. Somebody yep. could tell you that there's a Definitely. black astronaut somewhere in New York or whatever. But what does that really mean to you in your everyday life if you don't see? Yep. If you live in Chicago. You not, yeah, you, you know it's Florida. Possible, You're not going to see that. Tangible? Is it realistic? Yes. Yeah. So for me, um, I would say my biggest thing and the biggest thing that pushed me um, was it wasn't necessarily proving people wrong. I, I I remember like in my early 20s, there was moments of that, but, but I could it's give, okay I could if that's your reason right now. It was, it was initially, but my reason now is really that hunger and that because it's almost as if when I look at myself and I think of things, and I know like I question God sometimes and I'm like, why in the world did you, did you create me in this skin in this country? Um, but sometimes I feel like there is a higher purpose for me and I haven't reached it yet. 
And so I'm going to keep on, keep on climbing, keep on digging my way through everything until I can figure it out. And the more I dig, the more I climb, the more I see that my purpose is to help other people. And I can't help anybody else if I don't have a good ass example. Like I can't, I can't tell anybody like home ownership is a great idea. Mm-hmm. If I never you even bought a damn house you I exactly. I can't say it doesn't matter if you are the only person in that room that looks like you. Hold your head up and don't let nobody knock that motherfucker down. Let me start off oh, because I cuss too much. <laughs> That's too much cussing. I'm about to bleep it out. Um, you gotta let that. Stay. So I can't tell someone that it's okay. To- you gotta let that stay. I gotta let it stay. The mother. Okay, okay. I let it stay. And so my biggest thing is it's exactly what your mom said is that I know that I can do more. And sometimes when I, you know, with that whole world on my shoulder kind of thing, and I feel so bogged down, I feel so helpless, but then I'm like, nope, (laughs) let me take a break from the world right quick so I can get back to being an example. And if I don't help anyone else, if I don't help anyone through the things that I say, it'll be the things that I do that have the biggest impact. Because I'm going to show you how somebody who came from where you came from, who grew up just like you grew up, deal with a lot of things. But guess what? Guess what? I put my crown on and I keep on going. Yep. And that's what's important. But That's what's important. 100%. What about the ones who, that's not enough. What about when that's not enough? That's where I struggle a lot of times. I'm not okay with saying we have to sacrifice Uh some. You know, like... I know that realistically you cannot save them all, but that hurts. That hurts. I get on Facebook and I see the way some of these young ladies speak and the things that they allow. And I'm just like, if only she knew, if only she knew her potential, I know she doesn't know. She couldn't. She couldn't possibly. But how do you reach them? The ones that seem like they are so far off course. Like what, what words can penetrate? See, that's a hard one because like you said earlier, you got to want it. You got to want different to be different. Um, I don't even know how to answer that question. I would say you should take that fire that you have, that emotion that you have, that feeling that you have when you know, like, I can't reach everybody and it hurts. You take all of that energy and you put it into a program. You put it into a mentorship. You put it into whatever that looks like and you just help as many people as you can but at some point you will have to accept that you can't save them all but you take that damn energy that builds up from the disappointment of not being able to save them all to put it into whatever program you want to create so you show by example you lead by example but then you also go out there and you physically help you verbally help, you know, it really starts, honestly, it starts with our children. Because when you get to a certain age, you know, you, you're stuck in your ways until you don't want to be anymore. But mm-hmm. children can be molded. You know, teenagers can be molded. People can be molded. It's just, you know what, you put your energy into something and, you and don't then you go and you outreach. 
and you just help as many as you can, you cannot give up you and it will be you know discouraging sometimes but you cannot give up because there are people there are Mm -hmm. people that needs that kind of energy there are people that need that kind of motivation there are people that need somebody to look at them and say you are beautiful and stop Mm -hmm. letting these people tell you different even if it's your own people you know what just came to me girl like a light bulb came to you it came on so you don't know if you mm-hmm. ever failed because you don't know what your seed may grow into. Like I may realize, I may feel defeated. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I just, I really never was able to get through to her, but I don't know what the rest of that girl's story look like. You don't know where people will go. You don't. When they look back, they may say, you know, I just wasn't ready at the time, but I remember I was exposed to this. I remember somebody yep. told me this. I feel like I can, you know, I can do more, Uh I can be more. Like, um, I was telling you when you were talking about having, like, these episodes, you don't know what your silence will do for someone else. You don't know what your greater purpose is. I even be revealed to you. Like, you you just don't know. Words have power, and they can touch people in ways that you never anticipate. Especially electronically. Uh You don't know. You don't know where you could reach. Uh Uh-huh. You don't. Let's hear it. I have a challenge for you. I'm I'm feeling, you know. You ready for this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fired up and motivational. I I challenge you to take all of these emotions and all of this energy. And not to say, so full disclaimer, um, because I get tired of people mistaken my passion for mm-hmm. emotion it's two different things I get so tired of that um so don't miss don't misinterpret what I mean by emotion so I'll, I'll change that um so I challenge you to take this passion and this energy that you have with helping your people learn their true potential and I challenge you to start something new whether it is written, whether it is online, whether it is an in-person seminar, whether it is, you know, meeting up for coffee or, you know, right Mm -hmm. now we quarantine. So virtual coffee, um, through a zoom meeting, through a, you know, whatever, I challenge you to take that and start something new. And then if you start, that sounds good. I I was just going to say like, look, I don't do good Mm -hmm. with solo. Deal. That sounds real. Okay, yes. Okay. No, okay. I, we got something going. Though. And I'm always I like thinking this. that like I have to give more while mm-hmm. I have it to give. And we we all do. Yes. We all have to be accountable. And I know I spent yep. the first half of the whole episode talking mm-hmm. about I cannot educate the masses. But at some point, like I said, some days I have it, some t- days I don't. And you know, I I know I have more to give. And it's not just me, it's everyone around me. I see people with so, so much talent, mm-hmm. so much wisdom. And I'm like, we have to reach back mm-hmm. and pull some more people forward. And I'm not necessarily yep. talking about young people. I mean, I'm young myself, but you know, like just, mm-hmm. yeah, hey girl, did you even know? Like, I love this about mm-hmm. you. I love that about you. We got to light other people's flames. But I, I, I'm going to go to the drawing mm-hmm. board. We're going to figure this out. I like that. 
Let's light some flames. You write that down as the first sentence on your drawing board is let's light up some flames because it's not about you educating, you know, it's not about you educating other people on how to deal with you. It's about you educating the people that look like you on how to deal with life, on how to embrace life, on how to embrace their talents, whatever that may be, whether big or small. Yes, write that down. We about to light some flames. Please don't. I do think, though, it would be a great idea to start with like a daily affirmation and maybe picking a person randomly to give them a positive affirmation about themselves or something that you know. Without, though, the trick is, it can it can feel it cannot be scripted it has to come from the heart and so if it's not coming from the mm-hmm. heart then it's not worth I it. think that's a good start so maybe we can start there yeah <laughs> light some flames if you feel accountable you can't yes, just yes, you yes. know you wouldn't feel right not doing mm-hmm. if you were texting me every day like girl I see you I'm watching yeah. I wouldn't be okay with laying in the bed and watching Netflix the whole day I'm going to be like, I have to work. You know, mm-hmm, I have to mm-hmm. find a new way to, to create, to, to inspire, to do something. Accountability will really get you there. Yes. Yes. And there you go. You got to show yes, idea. Yes, it will. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Affirmation. We need like a, we need to pick a day okay. once per week. Hmm. We got this. Down. I like it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and having this very, very candid discussion. (laughs) I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me, cousin. Thank you for having me so much. Like, I'm really appreciative. Yes. I love you so much. I love you too. (laughs) Oh, all the love. And also for you guys, we are real cousins. Real cousins. (laughs) Like, our parents are siblings. We're not faking with y'all. We're not faking with y'all at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Until next time on The Leela Perspective. You could trade eyes with me Cause there's complexities in complexion But your skin is glow like diamonds Dig me like the earth you be giving birth To everything alive, baby, know your worth I love everything about you from your nappy curls To every single curve, your body natural Same skin that was broken, me Same skin taking over